this is John Gramstrand, and I'm a certified energy specialist for CHS Egg Services in Stephen, Minnesota. We're pleased to bring you this update from the Red River Farm Network. CHS Egg Services, providing solutions for your success. Farm News on the Red River Farm Network. I'm Don Wick with Randy Conan, and we'll have an update from Tyler Donaldson plus Whitney Pittman at the Minag Expo in Mankato. The United States is stepping up its assault on Houthi rebels. The U.S. has targeted the Houthi military bases and command centers in Yemen for the fourth straight day. The Biden administration is responding to pirate attacks on cargo ships in the Red Sea. The administration also named the Houthis as a designated terrorist group. The Ukrainian agriculture minister warning the problems on the Red Sea will hurt its agricultural exports. The movement of commodities on the Red Sea has been slowed by those Houthi attacks on cargo ships, forcing shippers to go around the southern tip of Africa to reach Asian markets. Ukraine had strong grain exports in December, but the ag minister expects that to drop off this month. The Panama Canal Authority is limiting daily ship crossings to 24 per day due to low water levels. That's an improvement, though, of the 20 slots that were previously announced for January due to some recent rains over the past uh, two months. For comparison, the Panama Canal had 38 crossings per day one year ago. The Panama Canal Authority said this uh, will cost between $500 million to $700 million this year in losses. 45 ships are waiting to move through that route. That's half the historical average over the past eight years. Minnesota Soybean Growers Association holding their annual meeting yesterday at Min Ag Expo. Red River Farm Network farm broadcaster Whitney Pittman has more. At Min Ag Expo, we are talking with Minnesota Soybean Growers Association Executive Director Joe Smentek. Annual meeting concluded here. What were some of the, the big takeaways? We finished up our grassroots efforts. We started back uh, last fall and asking the county organizations to send in new resolutions. So saw a couple different things, whether it was crop insurance with some seed uh, growing, where you're actually growing the beans for seed and you have a premium there to protect. Uh, but a big big thing that we talked about here today was the right to repair. Uh, and that's a state law that's been getting some traction and we've been getting a lot of questions about where the organization is at. So had the hard debate uh, between the pre-resolution meeting and today to come up with a position for the state soybean growers. And, and what was kind of that, that ending, ending uh, block there? Well, we definitely think that a farmer should be able to repair their equipment to the, you know, back to where it should be. You know, there's a lot of things that farmers can fix, lots of bolts that can be replaced, and you know, having access to those codes to tell the computer, "Yep, I fixed it," and get back going is is very important to our growers. So, definitely want to see that happen. Um, you know, one of the things that we were concerned about is anybody that would be able to take it out of state regulation or federal regulation. So, preventing, you know, finding a middle ground where we can repair our equipment but not to have it so that we can modify it in any way is kind of where we landed. Looking ahead here in 2024, what are some of the other things that you guys are looking forward to talking to growers and talking to legislators about as well? Well, we'll finish up the second year of the biennium. We have a lot of bills that were introduced that are still sitting there. A lot of pesticide challenges to pesticides or herbicides and the fertilizers that we use. So a lot of defense to be played in this legislative session. But, you know, within, with another surplus there, there are definitely some priorities that hopefully we can get a little bit more money into export funding and make sure noxious weeds are being dealt with. And so 
We'll be looking for opportunities where we can advance some of the priorities that we uh, outlined here. And uh, awards have some some great advocates for agriculture in in leadership in the the country, really, and uh, at the the state capitol as well. Yeah, absolutely. We were very happy to recognize 4-H and the work they do, uh, the U of M Extension does with young people and, and really making that next generation of farmer leaders and the soybean industry professionals. And then also our lobbyists. I can't say enough about those two guys and a lot of experience there and uh, have been working really hard for soybeans just kind of under the radar for many, many years. So it's good to see them get recognized. All right. Anything else here from the meeting today that you want to touch on before we let you go? Uh, the biggest thing is members make this thing work you know if you if you're asked to be a member or right now i'm asking every soybean farmer to be a member uh memberships are what make this happen you know your voice here is important and uh, without without our members we wouldn't know what the issues were and we wouldn't be able to afford the lobbyists we have to go help on fight the regulations and policies in st paul to, to help farmers out reporting agriculture's business i'm whitney Pittman, reporting from mankato on the red river farm network Packed Act Dairy of Town received the Commissioner's Award of Dairy Excellence during yesterday's North Dakota Dairy Convention in Bismarck. You're listening to the Red River Farm Network. Thursday Farm News on the Red River Farm Network. A petition's been filed to the Environmental Protection Agency for eight counties in southeast Minnesota. The Minnesota Department of Agriculture, along with the Minnesota Department of Health and uh, Minnesota Pollution Control Agency, must report to EPA on how they are working to provide safe drinking water to those with contaminated wells. Minnesota Agriculture Commissioner Tom Peterson says there are a lot of groups working to solve the problem. I'm a big fan of soil and water districts and the work that they do. And our legislature is also invested in our soil and water districts and the programs they can help uh, those farmers with the practices on the ground. A lot of times it's the NRCS or USDA that has the dollars that uh, we can help farmers with those programs. So, And also the University of Minnesota. You think of extension, you think of the research that they do. And we're here at the corn and soybean growers. So how do they put those checkoff dollar research to work? And Peterson says there is no overnight fix. A lot of people just uh, think that we can do different magical things and we're going to flip a switch and it's going to be better. Some of this nitrate is our, what we call legacy nitrate. It's going to be there a while. So we're going to you know, work on this and move as quickly as we can, but we're not going to maybe see uh, things improve right away. You know, and so I, I need people to understand that. Managing weeds while fighting herbicide resistance is a priority. Red River Farm Network Farm Broadcaster Tyler Donaldson has more with NDSU Extension Agronomist Greg Endress. Greg, can you share with us some of the details from your recent research? Uh, Have there been any interesting findings that might help out farmers going into the spring season? So my my main work is as an agronomist. I do get involved with some weed science trials and and recommendations, of course. And a big concern throughout the state are are two broadleaf annual weeds. And they, of course, are kochia and water hemp. We had a high level of pressure from the from kochia and minimal crop competition and, and we we found that it's very important to be timely on the initial post-emergence herbicide application for kochia pick the right product or products use the right rates watch uh, the weather conditions and after all that it's uh, very likely that a second application may need to be made so after that first one is made hopefully that's a the critical one it's good to go back and scout make sure that we have satisfactory weed control, and if not, be prepared for a second application. 
How is the battle with herbicide resistance going? Is there anything we can do to reduce that resistance or even work around it to help maximize uh, crop output? Well, we've been dealing with herbicide resistance since the 80s, and unfortunately our, our list of weeds continues to grow, and our list of herbicides that are effective continues to shrink. And we're getting to the point where there's not much shrinkage left on a, a couple herbicides and specific crops and for specific weeds, such as kochia in particular. So we're very concerned. Uh, there's, of course, very little on new chemistries coming forward. We might see something in a few years, but in the meantime, yeah, in the last several, really several decades, we've been outlining strategies for people, mixing herbicides of different site of actions, using full rates, optimizing conditions for weed efficacy, and then a, a big one that uh, people sometimes forget is some of the other things, non-chemical methods that we may have, uh, simply crop competition, and maybe timely planting the crop in relation to when the weed emerges. So there are a lot of things that can help. There's not one that'll provide 100% control, but, but they help. That was Greg Andres, NDSU Extension Agronomist and Weed Control Specialist. For the Red River Farm Network, I'm Tyler Donaldson. United Soybean Board has released its annual sustainability report. The report puts a spotlight on the range of renewable soy-based products available or in development today. Soy, uh, the checkoff-funded research into new uses for soybeans is also cited. USB and its partners are in the midst of a three-year project to reduce the impact of drought on soybean varieties. That overview said uh, this research uh, results in a 10 to 15 percent increase in soybean yields. ADM is shipping its first cargo of verified, fully traceable soybeans from the United States to Europe. This is being done ahead of the EU's implementation of its deforestation rules at the end of the year. The EU adopted these new regs last year. This policy requires companies that import soybeans and six other commodities to guarantee that they were not produced on land deforested after the year 2020. ADM plans to expand those capabilities to other North American locations this year. This is the Red River Farm Network. Good morning. Welcome to Inside Agriculture on the Red River Farm Network. Minnesota Pork Producers Association Director of Public Policy, Sustainability and Strategy, Lauren Servick, served on a panel at Min Ag Expo discussing livestock regulation, especially pertaining to California's Prop 12 and Massachusetts Question 3. Zurich says any solution to stopping patchwork regulation like this will be hard to come by. A complicated issue has a complicated set of solutions too, and so EATS is one that's been thrown out. Um, we, we really are just looking for that, that solution to a federal preemption related to Prop 12 because, um, like I said, this is certainty related to pigs, but you can see how this would stem out to all products within agriculture. And so um, a lot of concerns there. And Minnesota is uniquely positioned with some really key Democratic and Republican leaders at the federal level to try and come up with a solution. And hopefully we're going to continue working on that. Um, the one thing that has me a little concerned is some of the lack of movement related to the farm bill because that's a logical vehicle to try and move something that would help provide some clarity and certainty for our farmers, which is what's really important. Such a diverse industry means there's a lot to consider. There's even intricacies just between the protein sector, whether it be poultry, swine, or beef, um, throw in dairy. There's a lot of different considerations. And like you said, one size does not fit all in this case. Um, right now, we're, we're kind of at the forefront related to pigs and sow housing at this topic. But 
um, it'll have a lot of implications and hopefully we can find, like you said, a really comprehensive solution because um, while this is directly impacting pigs, we're also one of the largest consumers of corn and soybeans. And so this does go back all the way to crop farms as well. And so we're all connected, we're all together on this one and we'll have to come up with a solution that way too. The European Commission plans to extend its tariff-free status with Ukraine until June of 2025. That decision is happening at the same time Poland wants to reinstate those tariffs. Poland fears the opening of the European market to Ukrainian farm products could have a negative impact throughout the EU. France, Germany, and Austria have also voiced concerns about Ukrainian imports of grain, meat, and sugar. Checking markets, we are two and a quarter higher for Minneapolis wheat, the March contract, 682 and a half. Chicago wheat for March down two and a quarter, and the hard red winter wheat, March contract down a quarter cent. The corn market's just a fraction higher as we speak, March 442 and a half, that is a quarter cent gain. And soybeans, March 1212, that's six and a quarter cents higher. Checking in on the farm calendar, of course, keep in mind more coverage from Minag Expo as the day goes on. Uh, the North Dakota Stockman's Association Feeder Council has their Beyond the Bunk workshop today. That is taking place in Towner. Uh, they're going to be featuring Dr. Gerald Stucka from NDSU, the Extension Veterinarian, and uh, Chad Zender is going to be uh, speaking as well on some animal health topics as well. Bean Day is going on tomorrow in Fargo. This is the uh, largest dry bean conference in the United States, and the Red River Farm Network will be there. We'll be broadcasting uh, thanks uh, courtesy of BASF. And the American Farm Bureau Federation Convention activities begin at that meeting tomorrow. They're meeting in Salt Lake City. We'll have coverage here as well on the Red River Farm Network. Have a great day. You are listening to the Red River Farm Network.